Well, welcome everyone to part four of the eight. Uh, very excited about this talk. But before we jump into today's talk, I want to share something from my childhood. So my mom used to work like third shift or, or late shift as a pharmacist. And as a kid, nothing I got more excited about that she would come late from work, you know, you know, like about seven or whatever. And she would always come back. She worked like at, at like a Walgreens kind of place. And she would always come back with a, a, like a corny little toy. But as a kid, like, oh my lord, like a, a piece of putty? Like I couldn't wait to play with a piece of Play-Doh or the crown or whatever mom came back with. And I would just, I couldn't wait to like, to, for my mom to come back, not because I was tired of my dad, but I was so excited for mom to come back, not to see my mom, not to see my mom. I was excited just to see what, you know, $2 toy is she gonna bring uh, this evening back from work and I got so excited so every time she would come back yeah, yeah forget about the hugs and the kiss whatever what did you bring for me what did you bring for me what did you bring for me that was my whole thing and sometimes she would say oh nothing you know shouldn't you be happy that I'm here I'm like yeah but you know where's my thing like where's my toy and that was my central focus of where is my thing maybe for a lot of us maybe for a lot of us maybe some of us have walked away from God, are in the process of walking away from church, or know someone that is, because their entire pursuit of their prayer was, thank you, God, for everything. Uh, now I need you to do X, Y, and Z. Thank you, God, for everything. Thank you for this day. And then we ask for what we want. And that person realizes what I'm asking for is never coming true. And because of that, they walked away because that transaction, the thing they were asking God since they were in third grade, continued. That relationship, that conversation, thank you God for everything. I need you to do X, Y, and Z, and that never coming true. And for a lot of people, maybe for some of, some of us, that re that's the reason why we're hesitant about this whole church thing, about this whole God thing. Maybe for some of us, that's why we're thinking about walking out on God. But here's a fact, regardless of where you are on your stage or wherever step you are with God and in life, one thing 100% we can all agree upon, it is impossible to have an authentic relationship with someone from whom you're always trying to get something. It's impossible to have an authentic relationship when all, your entire pursuit of pursuing that person is wanting something. It was impossible for me to have an authentic relationship with my mom as a kid if my entire pursuit is, what did you bring me? 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 Yeah, of course I was a kid. But if that continued on, that is like, what did you bring me? What did you bring me? There's no way I'm able to have an authentic relationship with my mom or with anybody. Today we're talking about part four of our series titled Eyewitness, which we're looking through the lens of a son of a fisherman who was a fisherman himself of how he had a lot of questions, but was very receptive as he walked, as he journeyed, as he lived with this rabbi from Nazareth named Jesus. But he eventually found out that this wasn't just any typical rabbi. This isn't just a good guy that did really cool stuff. He found out that this is God with skin on him. This is the real deal. All the stuff I knew as a kid as a Jewish boy, all that is pointing to him. And since John realized that, that changed his entire world. St. John recorded or, 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 or recorded 
his manuscript or his record of Jesus' life, which is the fourth gospel that we have, he recorded events. But not just for the sake of writing down events. Okay, Jesus did this, and then he walked over here, and then he did this. He didn't just record events for the sake of recording events. He recorded events to point to something more, which were pointing to signs that he is actually divine. And those signs that, that St. John records is, is pointing to evidence that he is God in flesh. And all of that is pointing to who his identity is, which is the Son of God. This icon is very interesting because many scholars would say that near the end of St. John's life, like many of his friends would tell him like as he's, his, as he's living his last days, hey, you need to write down all the stuff that you experienced with Jesus. Like we have all these manuscripts from other disciples and from other Christians, but we don't have anything from you, John. You're the one that took care of his mom. You're the one right there at the cross. You saw, you, like, you saw and witnessed unique things as you being a first eyewitness. Like we need to write this stuff down before you peace out. So he had a deacon next to him, and his name was Prochorus. I think I'm pronouncing it right. Prochorus was the name of the deacon. And he was the one, because of, 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 of St. John's age, that he would help St. John record the things uh, that St. John experienced as a first eyewitness. So this deacon would record it. And that's why you would see, usually many uh, icons of St. John, you would see a younger guy there, a younger deacon, recording the things that St. John experienced. But he did not record what Jesus did. He did not just record what Jesus did, and when we read it, oh, that's nice, and glory be to God forever. But he didn't write just what, who Jesus, what Jesus did, but he recorded who Jesus is. So now we are on sign number four that St. John records, which is the story many of us have heard, which is feeding of the 5,000 plus. And I'll explain later why the plus. And many of us have heard this. We know it from like, you know, children's Bible. So like we know it and we think it's like a very cute story. But I want us to enter into this event, this sign that San John records as a first eyewitness from a new lens as we kind of jump into what occurred on this day. So San John records. Some, sometime after this, so after the previous signs that had occurred, Jesus crossed to the far shore of the Sea of Galilee. That is the Sea of Tiberias, which is probably a hundred mile uh, walk. So this took him uh, at least a week. And a great crowd of people followed him. A great crowd began to follow Jesus. Because they, they heard, and maybe for some of them, they were at the wedding reception, and they saw what Jesus did. Some others heard of rumors of Jesus healing the son of a nobleman, of a hotshot Jewish guy in town. For a lot of people, they were hearing rumors of who this Jesus guy is. And they said, you know what? Let me start following him. They, a great crowd followed him, not because they had faith, because they saw the signs he had performed by healing the sick. You ask those early Christians, did you follow Jesus because of your faith? They say, faith? It's because of what I saw. It's because of what I heard. It's what I experienced firsthand. This is why I followed him. I was questioning who he is, but once I saw it myself, this is what rocked my world. And, and it's us now, 2,000 years later, that put our trust in those records from what they experienced. So a, great crowd followed, uh, so a great crowd of people followed him because they saw the signs he had performed by healing the sick. Then Jesus went up to a mountainside and sat down with his, with his disciples. The, Jewish pas Ju the, the Passover festival was near. When Jesus looked up and saw a great crowd coming toward him, he said to Philip, Hey, you know, where should we buy the, you know, this bread? Where should we buy lunch for all these people? He asked this only to test him, 
for he already had in mind what he was going to do. Now, this is St. John writing all this as he sees his friend, Jesus, turn around to Philip and ask him, hey, you know, what, 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 what's, what's the deal for lunch? What are we doing? Philip answered him, Jesus, it would take more than half a year's wages to buy enough bread for one for each one to have a bite. Now, you know, put yourself in this situation. We kind of read it, and we think about it like from a fourth grade level. Like Philip's saying, Jesus, like you asking me about, about lunch? Man, I need to work for the next six months if you want me to get lunch for all these people that are following you. Is that what you want me to do? Like, do you, like, you know how much money we're going to need in order to get catering for all these people? That's a lot of platters for us to get catering for all these people. Another of his disciples, Andrew, which is, which is Peter's brother, spoke up. Hey, here's a boy with five small barley loaves and two small fish. But how far will they go among so many? Maybe Andrew's being a smart aleck. I don't know. But he's saying, because now imagine, Jesus is walking with his 12 disciples, and behind him is a huge crowd of people following him. Not because they have faith and want to put their lives into Jesus' hand. They're following because they saw crazy signs that Jesus did earlier. And they're wanting more of that. So they're following Jesus. And usually at any big event, you know, you see always the kids always running to the front of something. So the kids are like, you know, the, the, the smallest, quickens ones, and they're running in front of everyone, and they jump right into the front where Jesus is because they want to see what's going on with Jesus. And here's Andrew saying, well, hey, I mean, here's, here's poor people's food. Here's some, some, some bread and some fish. But, I mean, I mean, we know that's nothing. Like, but, hey, you've been asking about what the lunch plan is, Jesus? Here you go. Jesus said, have the like, tell, tell, tell everyone to sit down. There was plenty of grass in that place, and they sat down. About 5,000 men were there. So many historians will say that there was at, at least 15,000 people because they're looking just, St. John is recording the amount of men just to capture how many families were there. So that includes wives and that includes kids. Jesus then took the loaves, gave thanks, and now just put yourself in this position. Here's Jesus saying, hey, kid, let me see your lunchbox real quick. He just takes it, tells everyone to sit down. He closes his eyes and begins to pray. And imagine now what those 12 disciples were thinking. Like, are, we, are we bowing our head? Are we, are we praying now? Are we praying for, for, for lunch? <laughs> imagine, imagine if I came right now and I had, I said, hey, you know, after they ate, we're going to have lunch. And I decided to bring a bagel. I decided to bring a bagel for all of us to share. But let's pray before we, have, before we partake of the bagel. You would think I'm silly, that I'm bringing one piece of bagel, and I'm saying we're all going to have lunch today from that one bagel. You wouldn't sit there and pray. You'd be like, what are we praying for? Are we going to watch Father Nathaniel eat his lunch? What are we praying for? And here's the disciples seeing Jesus take the kid's lunchbox and begin to give thanks. and distributed to those who were seated as much as they wanted. He did the same with the fish. You notice how St. John is writing? He's not even saying, and an unbelievable miracle occurred, because that's not St. John's main point. His main point is not just saying, oh, and everyone had food, and we had a great day, and we had, you know, we, we had a walk in the park in glory. No, St. John, is, is, his point is not just saying that everyone got free lunch. He's pointing to something so much more than that. When they had all had enough to eat, he said to his disciples, gather the pieces that are left over. Let nothing be wasted. So they gathered them and filled 12 baskets with the pieces of the five barley loaves 
left over by those who had eaten. You know, there's, I, I like to read non-Christian perspectives on a lot of these historical events that occurred. So a lot of historians will actually are trying to justify what occurred. Uh, that and not, a, not a supernatural miracle occurred, but some historians will say that, you know, at this point when, when Jesus gave thanks to, to, to taking the kid's lunchbox, that other people then began to share their meals that they already had in their pocket and began to share with others. And this is a lesson about sharing what we have. Okay, you know what? I respect that, that from, from a historical perspective. Somebody wants to give that a, a analysis to it. But you know what? You know what I want to put my trust more into? Let me put my trust into the guys that were there and what they recorded. Let me put my trust in, in, into what an, a first eyewitness experienced. Let me put my trust into what he recorded, what occurred. Let me see what, what, what Matthew wrote. Let me see what Mark wrote. Let me see what Luke wrote. Let me, let me see from these four wide array of personalities and perspectives, and as they did their own research, and some of them were first witnesses themselves, let me see what they had to say about what occurred. Because even in their records, they recorded their own hesitation. They made themselves look bad in the story. So you tell me, if I was going to make up a marvelous story that will change world history, would I make myself look dumb? That's what they did. They made themselves not look like the hero but they recorded their own questions, their own hesitation of who this rabbi is. But at the end, they put their trust in what they experienced with the Son of God. After the people saw the signs Jesus performed, they began to say, this is the guy, surely this is the prophet, this is him who is to come into the world. This is the guy I've been, we've been hearing about. We, we were from David's Psalms. This is him from all the prophecies we know from the Torah. This is him. Like all of that points to him. We hear about like the second coming. This, this has to be him. This has to be the guy. At this point, Jesus could have easily, could have easily, he has now just captivated 15,000 people. He could have easily began a movement, established an army, to change the world, but he didn't. There's something that he did not like about their approach, their reception to this free lunch that occurred. Jesus, knowing that they intended to come and make him king by force, withdrew again to a mountain by himself. We're at the climax of this this unbelievable supernatural free lunch occurring, Jesus seeing that they're getting super excited and that Jesus is getting extremely popular, he decides to, to walk out the back door. The crowd eventually finds him. The crowd eventually finds Jesus. But he gives it to them. He gives it to them. Like the, the, the crowd now is saying, man, we just got free lunch. Wait, where did he go? Hey, where did Jesus go? Hey, Philip, where, where, did, where did your friend go? And they're trying to find out where Jesus went. Maybe they're trying to get free dinner. I don't know. Maybe they're trying to get dessert. I don't know. But they're trying to find where Jesus is. Maybe you have said these words. Maybe you know somebody has said these words. I know plenty of people that have said these words. I gave up on church. I gave up on that whole God thing. Because I wasn't getting anything out of it. Yeah, I did the whole service. I did the whole Sunday school thing. But I wasn't getting anything out of it. I did the whole, I did the whole liturgy thing. Yeah, my mom and dad forced me. I did all that. I was getting nothing out of it. It wasn't for me. It's not my, ty it's not my style. 
if you think it's about getting something out of it, then you do not understand it. If you think it's about getting something out of it, then you do not understand it. <laughs> We're still acting as a little kid, waiting for mom to come back from the store. Where's my toy? Where's my toy? Where's my toy? Where's my toy? Where's my free lunch? Where's my next meal? Where's my next meal? If you think it's about getting something, then that is not an authentic relationship. There's no, you know this, you know this. There's no such thing as an authentic relationship if I'm, my only pursuit is wanting to get something out of it. That, that's not an authentic relationship. That's transactional. That's me just wanting something. That's still me acting as if I'm still six years old waiting for mom to bring me the, 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 the next cheesy toy because I want something, I want something. Where's my toy? Where's my toy? So Jesus gives it to them. Out of his love for them, he gives them some tough love because he's starting to notice that they're following him. Not because they have an interest in him being the fullness of life, him being God incarnate. They weren't interested in that. Jesus started to notice. And I think they're just following because they're looking for, for a free meal. Jesus gives it to them, and he gives it to us. When they found him, they found Jesus on the other side of the lake. They asked him, hey, Jesus, you know, how did you get here? When did you get here? Like, we, we, we lost you. We finished our meal, and then you kind of disappeared. Where did you go? Jesus answered, very truly, I tell you. Anytime you hear those words in scripture, don't think of it like in just the churchy way. This is what Jesus is saying. Listen to what I'm about to say. I'm about to give it to you. Listen very carefully to what I'm about to say. This is exactly what Jesus is saying when he says, very truly, I tell you. Very truly, I tell you. You are looking for me, not because you saw the signs I performed, but because you ate the loaves and you had your fill. You're following me just because... You got free lunch. Not because you saw the sign. You were focused on somehow, poof, you had free lunch in front of your, in front of your face. That's not, that's not, that's not what you're, you're focused on. Jesus says, do not focus. Do not work. Do not make it your central priority for food that, that comes and goes, that's temporary, that spoils. But, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For on him... He's talking about himself. For on him, God the Father has placed his seal of approval. From this divisive event that occurred in Jesus' ministry, he lost tons of followers. Because Jesus continues from, from this dialogue, from this conversation, from, from this back and forth of him, of, of Jesus wanting to instill in his followers the mystery of the Eucharist. And Jesus was doing all this to get them to a point of saying, yeah, you're focused, you're, you're focused on, a, on a fish sandwich. Man, I'm trying to focus at your point that I'm here as your eternal food, and I want you to partake of me. And Jesus is pulling them in and trying to plant the seed of the mystery of the liturgy, of wanting them to live a sacramental life. But, but they're, not, they're not focused on that. They're trying to see, what do I get out of this thing? Question for you and me. Are we in this just for the food? Hey, if I just come to church, I'm sure, like, well, if I take communion, everything will be fine with my son, with my daughter, with my family, with work, my marriage. If I just come, everything will be fine. Are we in this just for food? Or we wanting to get something out of it? Treating God like a genie? Or like a food truck? The question Jesus asks us, who do you say that I am? Who do you believe that I am? 
Am I just someone that you come just out of guilt so you don't feel bad? Because you're wanting something? What's your reason? At the template prayer that Jesus gave his disciples, which is the Lord's Prayer, we say that it's not my will. It's thy will. It's not my will. That it's thy will. If you desire an authentic relationship, which I'm sure you have some type of interest, if you're still at church here on a Sunday afternoon, you have some type of interest of wanting more out of Jesus, or wanting to know who he is at least, you're desiring an authentic relationship. It requires not just a transaction of wanting something. Where's my toy? Where's my food? Okay, God, if I come to church, you promise you're going to do this for me. But it's us taking our will into the center of his will taking my life, my issue, my anxiety, my thing that's weighing me down, and putting it in the middle of him, if you're desiring an authentic relationship with your heavenly father. I cannot have an authentic relationship with someone in whom I just ask for stuff. It's not a negotiation. It's not a transaction. It requires us to surrender. It requires us to surrender. Let's face it, when we all pray, and I'm, I'm the first. Thank you, God, for everyone. I need you to X, Y, and Z. Help me with this. Do something about this. I'm praying, God, don't you see me praying? I'm coming to church this Sunday. And this is our view of God, of wanting something out of it. And I promise you, tons of people, maybe for some of you, this is running through your head. Let me just, I'm done with this whole church thing. I'm done with this whole God thing. Because I've asked for whatever. Nothing has occurred. When we pray on our own, because of our natural selfishness, because of our central focus on me, 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 our prayers, thank you God for everything, and then we ask for whatever we want. Just to give you a glimpse of how the church throughout the centuries has guided us into what prayer should look like, guiding us on how we should pray. Because when it's just left up to me, I naturally have a tendency to pray just for me, 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 what I want, fix this, Hear me, God, I'm doing this, I'm, I'm donating, I'm serving, so you better do this. This is our natural state. This is our natural broken state. But if I want to look at the, 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 the richness, the beauty, and the depth of our pre-denominational faith, let me give you a glimpse of the guide, of a guide that the church, the Coptic church, the Orthodox church has given us in our prayer. And this comes from a prayer book known as the Egbeum. I want to share a prayer from the first, from, it's called the first absolution of the first hour that the church gives us in the first, uh, as we begin our day. What do we pray for if we want to start the day with God? This is how the church holds our hand and, guide us, and guides us. O Lord God of hosts, who exists before all ages and abides forever, who created the sun for daylight, and the night as rest for all men, Lord, we thank you because you are king of all ages. For you have not let us pass through the night, for you have let us pass through the night in peace and brought us to the daybreak. Therefore, since you have done that, we ask you, our master, the king of all ages, to let your face, your love, shine upon us and let the light of your divine knowledge enlighten us. Grant us, our master, to be sons of light and sons of day, to pass this day in righteousness, chastity, 
and good conduct, that we may complete all the rest of the days of our life without offense. Through your grace, through the compassion and the love of mankind, of your only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, and the gift of the Holy Spirit, now and at all times and forever. Amen. Isn't it beautiful? When we pray, us. We say, Lord, you've allowed me to pastor this night, and you have me for a certain purpose. I want to be a son of light. I want to be a daughter of light. Just as you have brought light into this world, I want to be a light of you out in this world. Make me, enlighten me. And I want to complete this day in righteousness. I want to be an icon of you. I want to live for you. Not about me. Because all that, 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 that's temporary. That's not going to give me fulfillment. That's still going to leave a hole inside of me. But I want to live for you. There's more of where that came from. It's called the Igbeya. And we have plenty in the connection table in the back. And, and putting ourselves, entrusting ourselves into the, into the richness and, and, and depth of prayers that has existed for centuries. This will allow me not to focus on just me getting something for me. Oh, if I do this, if I serve this way, then God's going to do X for me. But now putting and surrendering my will to thy will. Let's stand up for a prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, amen. Lord, we know that there's nothing wrong of us just asking and requesting things from you because you're not just a God, you are our Father. But Lord, help us to realize that's not our central focus because there is no way we can have an authentic, genuine relationship with you if the only thing we want from it is just something from you and just for you to give us free lunch, for you to help us with whatever it is that's on our heart but help us to focus on the template prayer that you gave us, that it's not our will, it's not what's best for us, but it's your will. And help us to surrender our logic, our desires to you and not make it about a negotiation. Lord, thank you for, for preserving the records and the writing of St. John and all the early Christians as they, as they write down all the signs and events that they experienced with you because through that, we find life and put our trust in you through what they recorded for us. Through the prayers of St. John and all the saints who have come before us, Lord, hear us as we pray together, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. In Christ Jesus our Lord, for that is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Just a final reminder about next uh, uh, seven days from now, so this coming Sunday,